The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. On the BetQL Network. Ooh, everybody take a deep breath after that one last night. Ooh, wow. Yeah. We got uh, simmer down now. Simmer down. That was an SNL skit, right? I don't know. Yes, I, my head's still spinning. Cherry O'Terry. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. <laughs> head's still spinning after Cowboys Seahawks last night on Thursday Night Football. Welcome into BetQL Daily. Presented by BetMGM, I'm Chris Mack, in for Joe Ostrowski today and Monday, alongside Ed Egros and Aaron Hawksworth. We are here until noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app. Download it. It's free. Take it with you and us with you, whatever you're doing this Friday morning. And watch the show. If you're parked in one spot, all you got to do, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or go to YouTube and pull up the Odyssey Sports channel. Be sure to follow us on Twitter X as well, at BetQL Daily, where all the content gets pushed out, podcasts, videos. It's all here for you as we look ahead to the rest of Week 13 in the NFL. It's an interesting slate, if nothing else. We got conference championships in college football starting tonight out west. John Daigle of 4 for 4 and BetSpart's going to join us exactly one hour from now to break down some of his favorite plays for this weekend. We'll get you our lightning bets. We got you covered for all of it. But, Ed, let's start with last night, the Cowboys, 41-35 over the Seahawks. And they they made a sweat. <laughs> it, 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 look, if you, if you laid the points with the Cowboys, you didn't end up winning this one anyway. Seahawks covered the, the nine-point spread, went way over the total as well. We had some team total plays yesterday that we hit on. But, 
just classic Seahawks in that mm, they had multiple opportunities. The Cowboys kept handing them opportunities to try and win this thing. And they just, they just couldn't pull it out. Uh, and Gino fails once again, season starting to kind of spiral for Gino and the Seahawks. Yeah, just a little bit. At the same time, there's some things the Seahawks did really, really well. And then there's some things where, like, their fourth down decision-making, not so much going for it on fourth down, but just the play calling that they had in terms of these outside runs or, or gives, you know, several yards in the backfield. All that fun stuff just proves us one more time that the Seahawks are a tad dysfunctional. And it's been this way for some time now. Nothing is different as far as that's concerned. Uh, but we are seeing some things where you go, okay, they found some weaknesses in this Cowboys defense, which we thought just would not happen at all. We thought this Cowboys defense, now that the Browns are falling back down to reality, we go, okay, could the Cowboys have the best defense? Ravens certainly are really good, but maybe the Cowboys are up there as well. Maybe they're top three. Well, the problem is this whole Duran Bland thing is something that we need to talk about because all those pick sixes that he has accrued this season, they're for a reason because he has the opportunities to get them. It's not like the best defensive back in football is the one getting all of the pick sixes. Why? Because a quarterback isn't throwing the ball in that direction. They tend to avoid that DB altogether, but Geno Smith had no qualms throwing in Deron Bland's direction, and it paid off. DK Metcalf was targeted five times when Bland was the nearest defender. Four passes were caught for 111 yards and three scores. For the game, Bland was targeted 14 times, 10 catches, 184 yards, three scores, and a pick. So to me, that says there's a reason why Deron Bland wasn't starting at cornerback for the Cowboys to begin with. Now, he's had some great spurts against bad quarterbacks, but against a decent to good one in Geno Smith, he was not able to perform well. Against great receivers, he was not able to perform well. And this is a really important lesson, Aaron, because what we are trying to figure out concerning the Cowboys going forward is, okay, are they good enough to beat the best teams? Well, we saw mm -hmm. a mediocre team be able to exploit a mismatch, and I have questions now. Yeah, and you should. I mean, that was the narrative all week long. Now that you're finally facing better competition in the Seahawks, I know you called them dysfunctional, but the teams the Cowboys played before that were way more dysfunctional <laughs> than Seattle. And look, Seattle almost won that game. So yeah, there are some concerns. I love the gamemanship, gamesmanship by DK Metcalf giving Deron Bland all this credit all week. Oh yeah, I've been scouting him. I've been watching the tape. This guy has more touchdowns than me. And then DK goes out there and absolutely destroys him. That is incredible. That is what you need to do to your enemy. Talk him up, give him all the credit. And then you know, you saw some things on film that you're like, yep, I got this guy. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to Ed's point and yours, Aaron, DK Metcalf just torched Deron Bland. I mean, he, he just, mm -hmm. you know, it's six catches overall for the entire game, 134 and the three TDs all coming against Bland, which does create some questions. You know, when the Seahawks go out and hang 35 on you, there's some serious questions to ask of the Cowboys defense going forward, especially with Philly on the horizon. So, that's something we can yeah. talk about as we push forward into next week. Something to keep an eye on futures-wise, Dak making a charge in the MVP race. Now right behind 
Jalen Hurts, 375, plus 375 at BetMGM. 299 yards, three touchdown passes, his sixth consecutive game with multiple TD passes. That's the third longest such streak in franchise history. If you're jumping on the DAC MVP bandwagon, now is the time to do it before it completely and totally leaves you in the dust, Ed. Oh, I might push back on that. I feel Ooh. like that the best number was weeks ago. And this is something that I know Joe and I discussed at ad nauseum where we go, okay, if you think Dak can do this, you better go ahead and get it now because operators are standing by. At some point, <laughs> this number is going to shorten significantly. And that's exactly what's happened. Plus 375 is not good value at this rate because Dak does have a good chance. But this is the big thesis that I've had all week long. Dak Prescott can very well can win MVP. Absolutely, he can do it. The problem is he needs help. He can't do it by himself. Jalen Hurts does need to fall back in some way. He needs to play poorly. He needs mm -hmm. to miss games. The Eagles need to fall back down in some way, shape, or form to where it's the Cowboys winning the division. Some sort of combination of those actions need to occur for Dak Prescott to win MVP. And I think one of the big lessons, one of my big takeaways from last night, Chris, is that, okay, Dak was phenomenal, and he had to be phenomenal to win that ball game because the defense at times was letting the Cowboys down, but also the offensive line let down Dak a little bit. When you go to next-gen stats, Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith on the left side had bad outings, bad outings. They normally allow some of the lower pressure rates in football, but they could not contain pass rushers that Seattle kept throwing at them. And to me, this could be a troubling sign, even though they do have a week and a half, this sort of you know mini-buy before they face the Eagles. But the Eagles pass rushers, they are fantastic. So that's going to be a very important matchup that we look at down the road. But as far as how Dak performed, he was getting pressured a lot, but he was evading that pressure really, really well. I mean, you recall uh, that one pass in the fourth quarter when it looked like he was getting taken down. Yeah. But he was able to escape, throw to the sidelines to Jalen Tolbert, and he was able to make the play there. He was also able, and I think this is one of those underrated things when it comes to quarterback play. You find your wide receiver one. He may be moving around in different spots, either out wide or in the slot, things like that. But you still know exactly where he is and what he's doing. And you know to trust him no matter when you have to release the football. And that Dak to CeeDee Lamb connection has been phenomenal. It's been fantastic. So I can't say enough good things about Dak Prescott, both in terms of how he performed last night. And now he's performed all season long. But he does need some help to win MVP, Aaron. Yeah, I agree with you. And a lot of people I respect have been pounding the table the last week or month even for Dak and Purdy. Maybe the value's on Purdy right now too. But as for Dak, so the upcoming schedule I think is a bit tough. You've got the Eagles. you got Buffalo. you got, sorry, at Buffalo, at Miami. Then you're hosting Detroit. Then at Washington, Lion's that should be stuff. a layup. So yeah, so in terms of schedule, and then you look at Hurts, I mean, he would have to really stumble. Obviously, the San Francisco game is going to be tough. Then at Dallas, that's going to be the big one. Then the Seahawks. But then you've got Giants, Cardinals, Giants. I think it mm -hmm. still lays out better just schedule-wise, whether it's fair or not for Hurts right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the swing next, I guess, a week from Monday after these two play each other uh, in Dallas. 
uh, the Eagles and Cowboys and Dak versus Jalen Hurts. And you're right, Ed. Like, the, the value may be it, – it's cut in half from, from yesterday, I mm. think. What was it? We were talking Dak 8-1 to one MVP yesterday. We're down yeah. to 375 now, so more than cut in half. Um, you're right, though. Dak is going to have to have those moments. He's got opportunities against some of those defenses. But you're right, Aaron. Yeah. Not the same defenses that Jalen Hurts is going to face the final <laughs> three weeks. Um, it, you know, Dolphins, Eagles in the mix – uh, as well as Lions and Commanders in the last two weeks. So maybe a chance to light up the scoreboard a bit for Dak as well. Another future to talk about, Micah Parsons in the thick of the defensive player of the year race. Um, pulling right up into the rearview mirror of Miles Garrett, who's still the favorite at plus 150. Micah now at plus 170. So right on Garrett's heels. And then you've got Old Trent Jordan Watt, TJ Watt, uh, right behind those two at 280 before you get to some of the long shots. I don't know about the Ron Bland futures for DPOY anymore. After what happened last night, he's 15 to 1. Then you get to the Max Crosby's and Chris Jones of the world. Uh, but, Ed, this is this has been a, such a great race the last few years as Micah has come in and, and, and taken the league by storm. You still have Miles Garrett producing for Cleveland, dinged up now, though. TJ Watt going for the sack record again. Um, I I don't know where your lean is on this, if you have one right now, but with Micah playing for the Cowboys, getting the primetime opportunities the last couple of weeks, you understand why he's risen up the board so quickly. And it's not just the fact that he's playing for the Cowboys, but also that he's performing really well in high leverage situations. Mm -hmm. Just go back to last night, that fourth and two play, the Seahawks did not block Parsons. Isn't that the one guy you need to be worried about? Shouldn't that have been like a Tank Lawrence play or something like that? Instead, it's Micah Parsons. Like He's someone who can play out of different positions. He can move around a good bit. The first thing you need to do is keep track of where he is and then worry about everybody else later because Parsons is leading the league in quick pressures, less than two and a half seconds from the snap of the ball. And this is an important stat to me because it can very well be predictive of a highlight reel. By that, I mean those plays that we remember that get posted on social media and we discuss forever and ever and ever being unblocked to the quarterback and taking him down. I think it's a lot easier for him to have that highlight reel going forward than just about anybody else. Now, granted, Miles Garrett already has a fantastic body of work, so it's probably safe that he is the favorite right now. But I would not look past Micah Parsons at this point. I think he's still very much in contention. As far as TJ Watt goes, like I'd like to have a couple more big games out of him to really take him seriously as far as this conversation is concerned. But one thing that does go in his favor is that sacks do tend to carry the weight when it comes to how voters are thinking about this award. So that does matter a great deal. But you just look at last night, Parsons, seven pressures and a run stuff. That was why the Cowboys defensively were able to do just enough against Geno Smith, Aaron. I think Miles Garrett could be a little more injured than maybe we think. And so I would maybe look elsewhere considering he's the favorite. And if you're looking for value, hear me out on this. What if this one Duran Bland game, like if he's able to turn it around against these big, you know, tougher competition, better defenses the rest of the way, is this a buy low spot? I don't know if the number, if you're getting better value this morning on him, but could he turn everything around after last night and still, you know, be on that trending upwards and insert himself back into the conversation? 
The reason why I don't think that can happen is because he wasn't starting the season. Like, I think you have to look at the entire 17-game body of work for an award like this one, where, like, if you miss a couple of games, that might be more forgivable than having a really bad outing. Not to mention the position he plays, defensive back. That's difficult to win anyway. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes the best defensive backs just don't get the opportunities. And those who do, sometimes they make the most of them and sometimes they get burned. And there are enough voters who remember the times when that cornerback does get burned. And because this was a primetime game, I think it's going to be a big, big problem going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about Parsons, or excuse me, Bland. Um, Real quick point on Parsons, and it was a great breakdown by Ben Solak of The Ringer on why Parsons came as free as he did last night on that fourth and two play that, that you referenced, Ed. They they had a design where DJ Dallas was supposed to chip him kind of as he, as he leaked out into the flat. But Michael Parsons is so fast, he just blew the whole damn thing up, which right. is a good argument for Michael Parsons' defensive player of the year. I'll say this, and this isn't just Pittsburgh Steelers guy being Pittsburgh Steelers guy. TJ Watts facing some less than impressive quarterbacking down the stretch. Mm-hmm. If he can continue to force turnovers, continue to get some of those strip sacks, that could mm. vault him back up into the conversation, especially with Miles Garrett perhaps being more injured, like you said, Aaron, than we might think. BetQL Daily is presented by BetMGM. Yeah, it's it's good, decent value, perhaps. Uh, let's dive into some of this week's games. Lions trying to bounce back against the Saints. We'll start there next on BetQL Daily. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. I'm Chris Mack, in for Joe O alongside Ed and Aaron today. I'll be back on Monday as well. Also filling in for Joe on BetMGM game day this Sunday morning. Join me, Jason Lockenfora, and Pam Maldonado as we'll break everything down the morning of the bulk of the Week 13 slate. We'll get into some player props, uh, maybe some futures that we just got done talking about with John Daigle of 4 for 4 and BetSparts coming up in about 40 minutes, top of the second hour here on BetQL Daily. Don't forget, you can listen to us live in your Odyssey app. Of course, it's a podcast after that as well. Inside your Odyssey app, download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We start rolling through the entire Week 13 slate right now. After breaking down Cowboys Seahawks <laughs> last night, let's get into a bounce-back spot for the Lions. Laying four on the road, Saints home dogs with Michael Thomas out, with Chris Elave and concussion protocol, but practicing in a limited capacity. Rashid Shaheed didn't practice at all yet this week. We'll see if he's available. Derek Carr has been up and down, and who knows what kind of version we're going to get of him, Ed. Lions laying four in New Orleans. I think this is a great bounce-back spot for them. I don't know about the number, but I think we get, uh, with it with the extra time to prepare, I think we get a nice performance from Jared Goff and the Lions. Where are you on this one? We certainly could. We, we certainly could. Uh, certainly the injuries uh, in the secondary, notably with Lattimore, that could spell bad things for the Saints and good things for Jared Goff and company. By the way, was that a, a clapboard that you were trying to do earlier? Uh, you know, like from the movie set? Something like that, yeah. I, okay. I, I don't, I'm, you know what I am? I'm Action. like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Knights. Sometimes I just don't know what to do with my hands. And so I just do things with them. <laughs> feel like Madonna. I'm voguing now. Yeah, right. Oh, it made me think of the hand warmers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's good. I like that. We know you like those. (laughs) I do. Those little pocket hand warmers. They're clutch this time of year. 
Oh, oh they, yeah. they certainly are. They certainly are. Like all those outdoor football games I used to go to, mm-hmm. like when it's like 10 degrees, I can't go to the warmers because the players are using them. So selfish of them, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah, Saints-Lions. Uh, all right, so how in the world do the Saints recover from not having their top three receivers in all likelihood? Like, that's, to me, the bigger question. You know, yeah, Jared Goff mm-hmm. can have a great bounce-back game. That's for sure, especially how they use them in all the field. I think the bigger question is, okay, what do we do handicapping the Saints knowing full well that, like, Derek Carr has already had trouble communicating with his top guys. And now he's going to be dealing with your backups, the backups to the backups, and he's got to be able to communicate with them and create some chemistry with them. Like, I think you can absorb one wide receiver injury and maybe it moves the line by a half a point, a point, if say it's Justin Jefferson or someone like that. But to lose your top three in all likelihood, that's very, very different. Like, it's entirely possible that Jared Goff doesn't need to have a bounce back game and they can still win this thing and cover the number. It may have nothing to do with how well or poorly Goff plays. It may just be that the Saints offense is an absolute disaster. You know, one of the things that's been very interesting to me uh, is that my model says it should only be, uh, you know, Lions minus two. But with the injuries, I think it's probably a good bit more than that. Um, Goff could struggle with intermediate passes, 10 to 19 air yards. Uh, those third and long situations, you want to be really careful because Goff may not be able to move the sticks uh, in such spots. Uh, but again, the way that he has targeted those running crossing routes, that's largely been why the Lions passing attack has been oh so effective. Play action has certainly helped as well. Man in motion, that's also been great in terms of confusing defenses. And so Ben Johnson's a genius for a reason, no doubt about it. But I do think that using the middle of the field is why the Lions will win this game. Maybe they'll cover. Don't have a play there. But, Aaron, one prop I really love, Sam Laporta, longest reception over 17 and a half receiving yards. I do feel like that the tight end will be a large reason why Detroit wins this game. So I was on the Packers last week because of all the Lions turnovers. But I'm with Chris. I think this is a great bounce back spot for the lions and i actually think it's a good buy low spot because of the overreaction i wouldn't be surprised if the lions win by double digits especially with all of you know the injuries on the saints side also the saints just they haven't been very good ats i was looking at the numbers so two eight and one ats this season oh and four ats at home and you add in the injuries i just think this is a spot where somehow the lions they've got to play a cleaner version of football than what we've seen the last couple of weeks but ed i'm surprised you don't like the alt spread here because i do alt spread lions. Uh i would look at that (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was my siren i thought that was mine stealing your I'm stealing your bet. You stole Minus my five bet and a half. I mean, you could get if I think they're going to win by double digits. Minus nine and a half plus nine one ninety six. I mean, Ooh. you could get some pretty good value if you think the Lions are going to crush. The What's six. six and a half on the alt? That's that's worth plus a plus one thirty. Yeah, I I yeah. think I think that's I think the that's best if bet. I'm going alt. Minus that's I think the safer one. Yeah, Give it to a key number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you Absolutely. think, Chris? Like because. Four is a weird number to have as a spread. Yeah. Like, it, that's the part that I find. Like, how did we settle on this? Is because we have all these weird haphazard injuries for the Saints? Like, what do you think about that? 
I, I, I don't know how they got to that number. I think that's a great question, especially, and I don't know how what the movement's been like throughout the week, to be honest. I haven't checked, but being that this is the second most bet ticket at BetMGM and third most bet on the handle, um, that tells me that you would think this thing would move. It, it opened at like mm-hmm. three and a half, I guess, and it's only moved half a point. Why hasn't there been more movement on this? to something to, I don't know, try and draw some Saints money. There's got to be money on the Saints already then, which I mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. I, I, it, it's okay. I think sometimes you just look at it. And like I said, in this case, I'll throw my hands up because I don't know. But uh, I don't know what to do with my hands here. Why are the Saints only uh, getting four? Is it because is it home field? But Aaron just pointed out, what, 0-4 ATS at home. So, yeah, I, not I good. It's a great question. Mm. A few four and a halves yeah. out there as well four and a half uh, started at three i think in a couple of spots and so you know you add all of that up like the three certainly makes a whole lot of sense you know especially with the sputtering that the saints have done in the red zone at home that's that makes a lot of sense four yeah. just seems like a very strange number to get to you know even the four and a half so you know you, okay well some folks are backing the lions here or maybe you want to try and get get the saints back into this it's just like where is the optimism for new orleans at this rate right like yeah. it's it, it all feels like the attention is on the lions where it's a great bounce back spot or this is a sign of bad things to come uh aaron has not made jared goff you know the boyfriend just yet but it's only a matter of time perhaps he's not young enough (laughs) (laughs) cougar alert we're listening Um, yesterday yeah right yeah Yeah, we don't have a cougar (laughs) siren chris uh my apologies (laughs) come on gurch start building that thing up um, so right. speaking, speaking of, um, unreasonable optimism or where optimism is coming from, I don't know if, if Colts fans are supposed to be optimistic or not Indy at Tennessee this weekend, they're laying a single point. So this thing's basically a pick the Colts have won three in a row, but now they're going to be without Jonathan Taylor again. Now they've proven they can win games without their quarterback and their running back, you know? Minshew has taken over and done a serviceable job against what is a terrible schedule. Um, Tennessee's only win in the last four weeks, last week against Carolina. So congratulations, you got Frank Reich fired, um, but you're still the Titans. And Will Levis has been up and down to say the least. I I don't know what to think of the Colts, Ed. Like, I get it. They're a playoff team right now. It's the standing sit, but I don't know, are they much of a playoff team like this AFC field that we thought was so stacked earlier in the year the wild cards are all in varying degrees of disarray it feels like yo Trey Kevin what's up man you know I've been thinking what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in LA well you get a very happy Jack Nicholson for sure and the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three and the Kardashian empire is forever altered what did you just say hey everybody I'm Trey Wingo and I'm Kevin Frazier and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes as former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. If the Colts make the wild card, then the AFC is top-heavy. And this is a very different prior than we had with this conference where we felt like it was absolutely stacked, it was loaded, Tons of great quarterbacks, tons of great genius coaches, all of that stuff. But if the Colts, with the way they are right now, they make a wild card spot, then we need to adjust massively that it's just top heavy and nothing more. Now, there have also been a lot of injuries everywhere. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But still, though, I'm with you, Chris. Like, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what to make of the Colts. Because if you're just going by reputation alone, then absolutely lay the point. It's fine. And also, too, when I look at the team that I trust more in terms of the passing game and the passing defense, then, yeah, I'd probably say they're going to win and cover. And normally I'd say, yeah, with Indianapolis, like that seems like a safe play. But Gardner Minshew can be exposed. This secondary can be exposed. I think the Titans are likelier to salt away a game if they have a lead with the ground and pound with Derrick Henry and Taiji Spears. Mm -hmm. So I look at this and say, yeah, Zach Moss, he can be a good running back, but the workload is a big question for me. He has had good games where he's been the guy, but it's also late in the season. Has he worn down in some way, shape, or form? I think that is a fair question to ask here. Minshew has also fallen off in high leverage games. But what we have seen from Minshew is that in the first quarter, he's dynamite. On those scripted plays, he knows exactly what to do. It's the unscripted plays. That's when things start to fall apart for the Colts. And so I do expect Indy to get out to a lead early in this one, Aaron. But after that, I expect this to be a really tight game. Yeah, I do too, which makes me think I'm probably going to pass on the spread. Maybe look at an under. 
Um, but mm -hmm. I'm wondering if the game plan for the Colts is just try to contain Derrick Henry because his stats have really been up and down this season. Under 62 and a half for Derrick Henry seems like a good play. Thanks. He had a couple weeks where he was putting up 20-something and 30-something yards before last week. So I think this might be a situation where these teams know each other very well and the Colts are going to have to throw everything they have at, you know, containing Henry. So under 62 and a half might be my favorite play here, Chris. They did a great job of bottling up Henry last time these two teams met, held him to 43 yards on 13 carries. So that's, I think that's a smart play there, Aaron. If we're not looking spread, if we're not looking any, any side or even a total, if we want to find a prop, Henry under rushing yards might be the spot. Let's touch on Chargers. Patriots because well we have to um <laughs> Bailey Zappi <Required> by law <laughs> yeah it's 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 a contractual obligation we have to talk about the Patriots and Chargers Chargers have lost three in a row and blown a lead in each of those I don't know how Brandon Staley survives the season but he's still there um Bill Belichick may not may not survive this season either it's everything's on all his chips are on Bailey Zappi at this point Chargers are laying five and a half in Foxborough, I don't like that number. It's a weird number at first but it, to, to begin mm -hmm. with, but I also don't like the number because the Chargers play too many close games, and I don't care how bad New England is. This is going to be uncomfortably close because that's what the Chargers do here, Ed. Certainly does, and you're right to question the future of both head coaches. The fact that the Bill Belichick dynasty, the legacy, is resting upon Bailey Zappi, you know there are problems up in New England if that's the case. Normally, I'm opposed to waiting later in the week to get additional information, especially if it involves the quarterback position because everybody reacts to it, and the market is usually pretty sharp about that. But I don't know if it's going to be sharp in this situation, assuming Zappi gets the start, because I just don't know what the market believes in terms of how much better or worse Zappi can be compared with Mac Jones, because I think all the offensive problems for the Patriots, I think it's at every level. I think it's quarterback. I think it's O-line. I think it's receivers not being on the same page. I think it's coaching and play design. I think all of those reasons have played roles in terms of why we are seeing this absolute disaster up in New England right now. And I think what matters here is that last season when we saw Zappi out there, the offense was simplified, and that's why he looked better than Mac Jones. Not that Zappi's a better quarterback. It's just that he was playing the remedial version. Like, if you're out there playing golf with your buddies, Zappi got a handicap, and everybody else didn't. And so, yeah, Zappi uh, shot a really low score. Great. But you had a handicap because your offense was a good bit easier. That's probably what's going to happen here, where they're going to simplify this offense. And you know what? Against this Chargers pass defense, it might very well work. And so I expect this to be a close game. It's just too many points, Aaron. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a close game. Another alt spread I like. Chargers minus six and a half plus one oh three. The after we talked to Jason Lock and Fora on Monday, he has inside information. He he sold me on this Patriots team as a team I want to fade moving forward. And I just I know the Chargers are notorious for not being able to win in close games, but I don't think this will be close. I think they win by at least seven to fourteen. Yeah, there, there's, are we worried, there's though, about, Go ahead, are Ed, I'm we sorry. worried, though, about the Keenan Allen injury with his quadricep? Because they are running out of warm bodies with this Chargers offense. Yeah, that's, that's a good Patriots point. Patriots roster is awful. I, <laughs> maybe, but they are so bad. Who... 
Their quarterback stinks. They don't have a lot of weapons. I don't. I'm not that worried about it. Yeah, Chargers two and five in one score games. There is precedence. They've won games against bad teams. They were supposed to win comfortably against the Bears and the Jets earlier this year. So maybe this is just another one of those. I just can't trust the Chargers. I'm sorry. We continue <laughs> through the week 13 slate. Is the Steelers offense actually coming to life? And the Jets, no, oh, their yeah. offense definitely not coming to life. Both next right here on <laughs> BetQL Daily. BetQL. And welcome back into BetQL Daily, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. You can watch us, too. That's what YouTube is for. Go to the Odyssey Sports Channel or Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Chris Mack in for Joe Ostrowski alongside Ed Egros and Aaron Hawksworth. John Daigle of 4 for 4 and BetSparts coming up top of the hour in a little less than 20 minutes. He said something. He, he said something in the last couple of days. He said, I see an MVP. I saw him tweet that last night, so we got to ask him about the mm. MVP as well as Defensive Player of the Year markets after the Cowboys win over the Seahawks last night. We continue to roll through the entire Week 13 slate in the NFL as well as touch on those conference championship games in the third hour in college football. But everybody is all over the Steelers because they got 400 yards of offense last week. Golf clap for the Steelers. Oh, yay. 400 yards of offense. They still only scored 16 points. Um, but Kenny Pickett did look much better in his first week without Matt Canada fired in the lead up to the Bengals game. So with the Arizona Cardinals coming to town, Ed, the Steelers giving them five and a half, another five and a half on this board, which has some strange numbers on it this week. I think there's three five and a halves out there. This is one of them. Total at 41. So People apparently believe the Steelers are going to start scoring points. Um, what do we make of the Steelers, and have they found something on offense with Pickett and especially Fryermuth in the middle of the field who's healthy again? I think they have. I, I am more optimistic here. I, I'm not necessarily saying that Pittsburgh is going to get the one seed in the AFC. <clears throat> no, that, that would be crazy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're might involve. They're They'll might be in the AFC balls. championship. Let's double oh. down. Oh, my God. What are we doing? Oh I'm my all gosh. for Happy trying Friday to manifest now. things, but come on. Let's let's be a little more realistic. That That's that's where I am. Like, realistic. They can cover this number against Arizona. That, I think, is more than realistic. This offense, right. it showed me something. It really did. Like, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is the next coming of Big Ben, in fact, that's probably not going to happen in all likelihood. But what I am saying, though, is, look, you, you've got this deal where, okay, the, the receivers are good. Like, you can make something of yourself with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pratt, Pat Fryermuth. Like, you can make a good offense this way. And I understand in terms of, you know, what the focal point of this Pittsburgh team is supposed to be, and that's the defense. We're talking about T.J. Watt as Defensive Player of the Year. Alex Highsmith, someone, uh, you know, who also has done some great things uh, throughout this season. So all those things matter a great deal. But I think that's kind of where I'm focused more than anything else, is when I'm breaking down this game, I'm looking at what Kyler Murray couldn't do against the Rams defense and the fact that Kenny Pickett, you know, will be in a much better position. Meanwhile, the Steelers defense, they should be able to contain whatever Arizona is trying to do because they're just bereft of talent at this point. Um, if you did see our last segment, 
uh, we saw that my friend, Aaron Hawksworth, committed a crime. She committed a crime. She committed larceny and stole my bet. And now I'm going to take it back because this is my alternate spread of the week. Steelers minus eight and a half, boys and girls. This is it. Pittsburgh's going nuts here. I am going past the key number of seven here because when you look at alt spreads, there is usually that bump through those numbers. And I'm willing to go past it because my model has this at eight and a half and I'm going to trust it. So Steelers minus eight and a half. Nice fun play proving that Arizona, they might be losing out the rest of the way. My apologies, Ed. I mean, the bit is so good. I just, I couldn't resist. And how can I be mad at your alt spread? If it has to do with anything positive related to the Steelers, I am endorsing it. Now, we do have someone on the show who watches more Steelers football than any of us. So I have to take advantage here while we have okay. you, Chris Mack. Let's, let's yes. not beat around the bush. Let's look at some props because Eddie Faulkner really got this run game alive. What do we do with Najee Harris? 99 rushing yards last week. His prop is at 55 and a half. And your girl mm -hmm. would like to hammer that. What say you? Here's the issue. I believe in the run game. And they started to, to, to build the run game the last few weeks of the Canada tenure. They really leaned into it to try and give Kenny Pickett a little more breathing room. And it worked, right? Jalen Warren is like... I've never stood at the bottom of a hill and tried to catch someone throwing a bowling ball at me, but that's what trying to tackle Jalen Warren is like. It's like a bowling ball rolling <laughs> downhill. That's the problem, though, is I don't know who's going to be who's who's going to eat more on any given week. Yeah, is it Warren? Is it Harris? Now, Najee's always going to get an advantage in carries, I believe, but sometimes it's going to be a closer mm -hmm. to a fifty-fifty split. Um, I do like, mm. and Paul suggested this in the chat, Jalen Warren rushing and receiving combined. He has, if, if you're looking for a prop maybe to hit, Jalen Warren rushing, receiving combined. Yeah, I, I, I'd look at that half. number. 78 and a half. He has produced week after week since they've made changes to the offense. And again, those were pre the firing of Canada, the last few weeks of Canada. And he's been pushing Najee Harris for playing time really all year going back to the preseason. So I don't know if Harris would be my play, to be honest, Aaron. I would take some uh, take okay. a good, long, hard look at Jalen Warren props, um, especially the rushing and receiving combined. That that would be a play for me. The thing that I don't understand is this team hasn't gone over a 40-point total all year. I understand the offense mm -hmm. is looking better, but they're playing Arizona with the Steelers' defense. You, you alluded to this earlier, Ed. Like... <laughs> T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, near the top of the board. Cam Hayward has had another quality year. Uh, Patrick Peterson has been up and down, but has been there to mentor Joey Porter Jr., who is really coming into his own. Um, I, I, I like the Steelers' defense to put the clamps on Arizona, so I like the under 41 in this one. As much as the Steelers' offense has showed life, Ed, eh, I don't know if they've showed enough to, to, that all of a sudden they're going to be an over machine. I think they've gone over twice this year and they were both like mid to low 30 numbers. 
that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, this could be a 35 to three ball game, which would go under where the Steelers offense actually turns all of those yards into points. Could definitely see that happening, especially the red zone woes that Arizona's had defensively, just because you can't trust that secondary at all. So I think that's definitely a good play right. here. One other prop I'd love to ask you about, Chris, George Pickens' longest gain over 19 and a half receiving yards at minus 120. This is one I like a lot because I've already mentioned that I think this offense should be more than serviceable going forward. But also, too, won't that be because Pickens is the deep threat? I mean, he was one yeah. of the, the more reliable deep threats last year, and that's largely the only thing he did. That was his role was on vertical routes. Why not do that again against this defense to where you're kind of running it back a little bit, sort of a classic role for him. You're not necessarily trying to develop him. Uh, but if that's the case, then it only takes one bomb for him to hit. Yeah, and, and the one thing we saw Pickett lean into again last week against Cincinnati, and he has the last few weeks, is if he gets a guy on the outside one-on-one, -on -one, and usually that happens with Pickens when it does happen, he's going to take a shot. Um, it may only result in a DPI, you know, I, but if, if Pickett can, can put the ball anywhere near George Pickens, we've seen that this guy's catch radius is ridiculous going all the way back to that phenomenal catch against the Browns last year. Um, it, it, if there's a deep shot to be had, you're right, Ed, it's George Pickens. So I love the over on, on, on that longest, uh, reception, 19 and a half. Absolutely. If he catches a few balls, one of them will go for 20 plus. Definitely. Um, let's pivot again because, well, this is another contractually obligated kind of game. Falcons and Jets. Hurrah! 34 the total. Eesh. Falcons oh. favored by two in the Meadowlands. Um, here's the thing that gives me a little bit of hope for the Falcons. It's Well, first, they're in the NFC South, so everybody's got hope in the NFC South unless David Tepper owns your team. Um, but Arthur Smith has started <laughs> to lean into B. John Robinson a bit the last couple of weeks. Targets and uh, carries up over 20. You do that, I think you're moving the offense in the right direction. Desmond Ritter is mm, – yeah, he's Desmond Ritter. But I think he's still the, the safer bet for the franchise going forward than Taylor Heineke. It's not enough. That 34 on the total is, um, that's, that's Big Ten West-ish. Um, I like the Falcons to cover the two, Ed, but this is, it's not anything I'm doing cartwheels about necessarily. And I'm not doing cartwheels on going the other side, backing the Jets and the points here, only because yeah. we've seen the Falcons perform abysmally once we finally have expectations for them. I mentioned this yesterday. All of these quarterbacks who are making making their first appearance for their team, maybe their rookies, whatever the case may be, we saw the Falcons be ill-prepared. And I think that can happen again with Tim Boyle and this Jets defense that the Falcons just come out not being officially prepared. Like, it's almost as if, okay, yeah. yeah, against divisional foes, yeah, they're just fine because they've seen them time and time and time again. They can prepare for that. But in terms of a different, unique opponent, they might struggle here. And I'm expecting that to happen again. And you mentioned Bijan Robinson being an important part of this offense going forward. Well, he has to be. Because the Falcons, which was supposed to be known for these outside zone runs, they've struggled there. They're 24th in success rate on outside runs. I thought this was supposed to be a revolution. It hasn't been. And so the Jets, who are not great at defending outside zone runs, they don't have to worry about that. 
They need to worry about Bijan Robinson as a pass catcher. And I think they can contain him for the most part because you love the DBs. You love the linebackers. I think for the most part, this Jets pass defense should be able to do more than enough against Desmond Ritter. It's just, can the rushing game come back to form for the Falcons? I'll believe it when I see it, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like Falcons minus one and a half. There's no way I can back the Jets here. It's just awful offensively. We know they have a scrappy defense. Falcons just inconsistent. Never know which version of them is going to show up, but at least they have some momentum. Falcons minus one and a half. Well, why not, Chris? Why not? Uh, if we have to make a play on this game, we'll make it on. I also uh, want to take a look at Bijan Robinson props too. That might uh, that mm-hmm. might take me a certain direction here because again, it looks like Arthur Smith, after fighting it all year for whatever reason, has finally <laughs> decided to lean in on Bijan Robinson. I don't that, talk about another coach who I just don't understand how he gets to the end of the year. Arthur Smith barely scratching by at five and six in the abysmal NFC South is another one. I just, again, I don't know what to do with my hands, guys. I I, I, mm-hmm. I do know that he John Gable of 4 for 4 and Betsparts is going to join us next. The wheels have come off for one team's defense. Who did John say that about yesterday? And what happened Thursday night that we need to get his take on? That next, plus we look at the rest of the Week 13 slate on BetQL Daily. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.